Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. That's mm. us, a couple of crooners. Yeah, that's us. Yep, the yeah, Rat Pack. That's, yeah, that's yep. That's how they know us. A couple of Bing Crosbys over here. Mmm, bada Bing Crosbys. There it is. There it is. We got yeah. there. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Strike Cast. Strike Cast. The strike continues. It's the show we've always done, uh, where we get hyped about stuff and things. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I'm your other co-host, David Bell. Yeah, it co- close? you are. What? What'd you say? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I okay. think I said coast, which is a co-host. Coast. Yeah. Coast. I should start saying that. Yeah. Um, speaking of the strikes, coast with our the most. Guest, our guest striked. Sh- uh, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> they struck hard. <laughs> they had a guest. We had a guest. We rather. had a guest. We and, had a guest. And, and I'll just say it now. I picked out the movie that deserved more hype for that guest, uh, but I, but I want them to feel guilty. I want that. I'll let them know. Them. Well, they, they know. I'm. I know they're listening. So. They're listening. Of course, they're listening. No, they're great. They're great. We'll have them on in the future. Yeah, they're great. We're not going to say who it is. No, because it's more fun. But just know that the movie that deserves more hype was picked for you. Yeah, <laughs> just know that we're for the listeners that we're very popular and people like us, and mm-hmm. we had a guest. Yeah, we it's, um, we don't just have each other to uh, hang out with. Yeah, we have they a, live we in have a, a deep bench of of friends and acquaintances that all exactly love hanging out with us, just not right now. Just not right now. Not right now. They're busy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Tom? I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yourself, Dave. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I'm uh just working. You know, I've been I, I got mm-hmm. a lot of work done these working. last couple of days. Working for I the also, weekend. Yeah. I beat the new Assassin's Creed because it was like ten hours long. It was very short. Oh good. I um yeah. It was actually it was short in a way that the game should be. Oh, that's what I that was also, a genuine good. Oh yeah. It's also like my only compliment for it, but that's that's you know, that's for another day. Oh sweet. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I love your it's relationship fine. with these games. It's fine. Like you keep buying right. them and you keep hating them. Well, here's here's what it is. It's fine. It's actually very good if it was made in 2008. If that makes sense? Yes. What, what I mean by that is like it's it's kind of just the same stuff we got in those are in that first game. 
it, it's more like a remaster and that's all to say that it was very fun i like jumping on rooftops like a little freak but after like syndicate i'm like i need more i need more from this why don't you give me your my world war one game what, what's wrong with you ubisoft which to the answer to that is a lot probably a whole it's ubisoft. lot yeah yeah they've had yeah. some uh some disquieting uh things happen in that organization it's, yeah it's 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 um i want to say it's got like force of it wakens vibe does that make sense where you're like oh it's more polished but it's kind of just that first thing again oh yeah that's that's the vibe mm-hmm. uh, I gotcha. so that is my review thank you of assassin's Thanks, creed Dave. mirage that's a nice little treat <laughs> for us you want to review anything real quick um i'm halfway through spider-man 2 Oh yeah, I beat that. I beat that fucking thing. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I haven't even beaten Baldur's Gate yet. Yeah, I'm, you got to do I'm that. Little, what do you I'm think? A, of... I'm a little behind, little guy. I'm a little behind. What guy. do you think of Spider Man Two? It's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of mid I, on it. I think I I think the first game was better. Like genuinely, it's hard because the first game I I I really you know because it I mean I guess that the early spider-man did this too but like the feeling of first swinging around and then miles morales was also very fun and then this one i do like there is i think a slightly less amount of bullshit meaning like go pick up these 50 backpacks you know that shit like it it feels like there's less busy work which isn't to say there's zero busy work as i'm sure there's a lot there's like little yeah. Sandman crystals. There's little like spider drones. There's little like Mysterio places. There's like photo yes. ops. There's the photo ops are less. I um, I like them more because they're a little more pads. active. Yeah, the yeah. research pads suck. There, there's there's it's there's fu- again, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's I, I just don't I, I don't I don't I don't know that there's like less nonsense, less busy work than is, there was in the previous game. Right. This is what I do every time. And I've done it for every Spider-Man when they're like, oh, these are planted all over the city. I immediately just spend a couple hours doing them all so I don't have to think about them anymore. And I do that for every busy work task. Uh, and so when I beat the game, there's like literally nothing to do the moment the game's over, which kind of makes me sad. So maybe I shouldn't do that, I guess, is the moral. Yeah, that sounds like a miserable way to play the game, actually. It's well, it's nice because it levels you up um yeah do all the mysterio bullshit and then you're leveled up more and so like this all yeah maybe that's why actually it's also i found the game very easy like it was don't get me wrong it was fun but and like it's okay to be easy but i've heard other people say that they're finding it difficult so maybe i don't know well it's not any more difficult than the previous game was yeah this has been our review of spider-man yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right. Should we thank some produ- some producers? Yeah. Oh, let's 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 thank them. I'm having trouble talking. Yeah, too my today. mouth stopped working. I don't know what happened there. I don't know. I got a big ass thing of water here, so that's gonna oh, help me. Oh, that's what it is. I'm little out of water. Inside, yeah, little inside, inside info. Yeah. <laughs> How the sausage is made? Water. The sausage water. Uh, we have some producers. We we, we w- sure would do. like to thank that make this all possible thank you so much to at nerd numbers thank you very much thank you thank you to zero charisma thank you thank you to aaron burser thank you thank you to aj thank you you to andrew how deck the halls with blood tis the season thank you to asking seven thank you thank you to bob grenville thank you 
Thank you to Bootler Bootleson. Thank you. All right, let me swoop in here. Thank you to Brian and Tom knows. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Brock. We loves the meat millie. Oh, yeah. Thank you to Breed. It wants you to drink water, hit the gym, and do the ska, because they loves y'all. Pick it up. Thank you to Chester's Prophet. Thank you. Thank you to Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Thank you. Thank you to Davey, the ghost of East Las Vegas, Francis. Thank you. And thank you to David Knife Boot Henson. Knife Boot Henson. Thank you. All right. So, oh my God, it's Strike Cast, Tom. It what is. What does that mean for us? I don't know. <laughs> that means, <laughs> yeah, that means we got a rich fucking vein of trailers from Not Now. Not Now trailers. The SAG strike. It feels like we're going to be doing Strike Cast until the new year. At the very uh, and, least. And, and then some, yeah. That's okay. I they need to get what they need to get. So we'll we'll hold out. We'll keep reviewing uh fucking old ass trailers. And in this case, these are trailers from the month of November two thousand three. That's right. Oh fucking boy. <laughs> we turned back the clock exactly twenty years ago this month. Yeah. And now I something something to know about November of 2003. Mm-hmm. We were still very much in that vibe of like movies have to, you know, the summer has the blockbusters, but then there's like this Christmas leftover. Yeah, there was like, like a some second there's like were, a second yeah. summer in November December. Yeah. With like Lord, of, Lord also, of the Rings and Harry Potter kind of yeah, I was going to say that paved the way for some of the fantasy ones, some of mm-hmm. the ones that were like, we don't feel like a summer blockbuster movie, but we'll we'll sort of like give you. And then it's also like a time for some like, you know, award season movies, award season movies. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting time. Um, And that's all to say our first trailer is radio. It sure is, Dave. Uh, I oh, was boy. dreading this. Oh, boy, radio. <laughs> I don't know. I really oh, want to know fuck. how many people listening to this know, remember the movie Radio starring Cuba yeah. Gooding Jr. and uh, Ed the, Harris. The people who are, who do remember, I'm sure their heart just sunk. Yeah. Uh, remembering yeah. It just radio. got real bummed when we said <laughs> radio. Yeah, this is, I worked at Cinemark when this came out. And I wanted to make it clear to the young people of the world who are now Googling radio we we were not responsible for this. No, our gener- We did not enjoy this. We did not eat it up. We we saw this. I remember vividly at. I remember specifically the line from the trailer. We're not doing the teaching to radio. Radio is the one who's been teaching us. And I remember <laughs> the audience watching the trailer bursting into laughter. Yeah. And I remember everybody at the time thinking this is incredibly embarrassing. Yeah. So this, I just want to make that clear. This is not like a movie when you watch where you're like, Oh my God, this, like this is actually a thing people loved. Nobody responded. Nobody well liked this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is. It seems like a parody. It is um, Ed Harris. It's based off a true story, which honestly makes it worse. Because it's such a man, like mm, I bet it's unrecognizable. Yes, from the actual story. From the actual story, it's Ed Harris plays a football coach who's like winning is everything. I believe, at least according to the trailer, who meets radio played by Cuba Gooding Jr., who plays a man who is mentally disabled in a vague, but in that vague mid nineties way, which is this is early aughts but it's still like 
is is dragging a lot of that Forrest Gump sort of stink with it. Yeah. So if you watched a movie called Tropics Thunder, I do believe they are directly parodying this movie, which is already feels like a parody mm-hmm. because it's very simple, Jack. Very, very, very much. Where Cuba de Gooding Jr is like playing it as like a comedic character. Like there's a scene where he gets bonked on the head with the football and everybody's like, oh, radio. Yeah. Like it's real bleak. Real, (laughs) real bleak. This is, I I wrote in our notes, radio might be the most embarrassing movie ever made. It's just, it's, it's like an SNL sketch of an, an Oscar, like an Oscar bait movie gone horribly wrong. Yeah. It is. <sighs> yeah, it's. You, you <laughs> I've really, never seen it. You really I've can't. I've never seen it. <laughs> Have you seen this? No. No. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to give this movie a cent. Uh, but, like, just... the reviews were abysmal. Like, nobody yeah. went to. Uh, you just looking at the trailer. It's. It's. Man. It's one of those things where I'm like. Uh, like I get Cuba Gooding Jr. I don't think his career was in a great place here, right? No. And he was looking. He was looking for that Oscar high again. Um, yeah. And there was a few of these. I am Sam. Remember that one? Yeah, uh, but they actually all didn't they give fucking no wait no that's because that's the joke in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. It it there's there's a few movies where they did this very bad thing that again I don't think anybody at the time was like yes. We like this. I'm pretty sure it really spoke to like the Hollywood bubble of like they all thought this was really cool idea. It's like it, it's, and like, it's, magic, it's like the magic like, autism thing in movies. Yeah. It's it's like they movies were kind of obsessed with this in the 90s and the early aughts. Right. And it was shocking because you think like Ed Harris would have more sense than that. It's like the Imagine video that came out and you go through and you're like, really? You too? Jesus. Like, so you're all in this bubble and it's like, yeah, they're all rich. Like, that's, uh, that's just how it is. So that's, that's kind of how it felt watching this. I was just like, God damn it, yep. you guys. <laughs> really? <laughs> all of you. Everybody. You all, Everybody you all involved should have known better. Yeah. And you were like, yes, radio. This is, this is, this, this is, is the next offensive. big thing. <laughs> like, it's just. Yeah. You, this trailer is just a. It's brutal. It's a brutal trailer. All right. It's hard to watch. It really is. It's it's the Forrest Gump ripple effect, right? Which is Mm -hmm. like, it happened once. A movie got big once, starring a man who was vaguely mentally disabled. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they were like, well, it's the Hollywood. It's the thing they always do. Where they're like, why did everybody love that movie? I guess they love movies about mentally disabled people. Quote, unquote, simple protagonists. Yeah, let's pour it on. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, I don't think that's why Forrest Gump was. Yeah, I don't think that's what, why it resonated with people. Yeah. I think it's because it's a Ugh. kind of a profound uh, uh, statement about a, a, a human life, I think. Right. It's also a boomer bait. It is Real boomer bait. It is boomer, boomer bait. bait. It is boomer bait. Yeah. Um, I, st- I still think it, it mostly works. But... I mean, it's Zemeckis, man. It's yeah. well made. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if Zemeckis made radio, maybe it'd be better. Although I think Zemeckis would say, I'm not making radio. I, and you'd that's hope. How that would go. You'd hope. But I mean, Cuba Gooding and Ed Harris both looked at that and said, let's make radio. So that's a good point. A lot yeah, of people said, let's make radio. 
Yeah, so many people. Too many. Had to do this. Too many. Checks were written. Enough Checks that it written. exists, Dave. Radio exists. They spent undeniably months making radio. They did. Yeah, they did. I think that's what makes bad films so amazing is when you realize the amount of effort where so many people had so many chances to turn back, and they didn't. They just kept going. Incredible. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else about radio? No, just I, I, I like how our, our the how bad movies uh, encapsulate the pioneer spirit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they really like, do. Fuck it, we've really, come this really far. <laughs> yeah, might as well finish radio. Yeah. They're in the editing bay, just like fuck, man. I think this movie might be God embarrassing. Damn it, I think we might be making radio. Yeah, I'm too late Shit, now. Are we making Slap radio? Trailer. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking radio. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the haunted mansion. Let's do that. Yes, the twenty, yes. the two thousand three haunted mansion, not the twenty twenty three. Jared Leto free. I haven't seen the new haunted mansion, but considering that it this one doesn't have Jared Leto, I'm going to go ahead and say this is probably my favorite haunted mansion. Sure. Of the two, um, uh, I remember this one. This is the Eddie Murphy one. Um, I've seen it twice. Uh, I remember it being really boring. You're probably right. I like this movie, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a there's good cool movie. Ef- I remember there's cool effects in it, and Eddie Murphy is funny enough. It's not it's not like super funny. But... Yeah, Eddie Murphy kind of gets me. Like he always he's I always find him funny. Oh yeah, I laugh even at in like the, Pluto Nash. The line in this trailer where it's like we're now summon the dark spirits. He's no, don't summon any of the dark. Not while I'm sitting here. You wait wait until after I've left <laughs> yeah, to summon the dark exactly. spirits. It's good, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah, I laughed at this. It's dumb, but I laughed at it. Oh yeah, um, um, yeah. It's this was the same year as Pirates, so they were really Disney was really trying. It it was the other dart they threw at the wall with. Let's make our yeah. our most popular rides into movies and see which one becomes a franchise. Right, and this uh, you know, this is the one that didn't. <laughs> this is the one that didn't, and that's fair. I mean, here's the thing: is uh, having watched this movie fairly recently, there's no franchisable thing about it. It's not a franchisable idea. It's a haunted it's house. Not really, the th- yeah, the thing about the haunted mansion as a plot, there is a plot. There is. But the plot yeah. was, but the plot is always kind of. It's the history. The plot is the history. It's not the actual going through the current haunted mansion. That is what you do on the ride, right? Like when you go through Pirates of the Caribbean, you're you're watching. Um, like a plot unfold in that ride that you could take pieces from not much of a plot mind you but there's like yeah but there's enough of it like to the point where i had like riding the the pirates again like a couple of years ago it was the first time i'd ridden it since seeing the movie really it's like oh i i hadn't realized how much of the movie is from the ride yeah but and the haunted mansion is no different they Mm -hmm. put take a lot from the ride the difference is though is that those characters are all they all have a rich history behind them but in the moment, they're just, boo, you know, they're, <laughs> that's what they're doing. And so, like, the protagonist in a Haunted Mansion movie is always kind of a blank slate. Um, and it kind of lives and dies by that. And then all the characters kind of, it's like, what do you do with them? I guess they reconcile there, which is what this movie did. And I think it did it fine. But it's also like, there's just not that much meat, I guess. Like, you could do a Haunted Mansion origin but like who would want that? Yeah, I don't you want know? that. I don't want it's yeah. just 
yeah, the origin is just a tragedy. And so, like, I think that's why they never did it, because it's like, well, there's no ghosts in the origin. Yeah, it's not what's fun about the ride. That's That would be yeah. a huge mistake. Yeah, not, exactly. not that they've managed to make this this concept work yet, but I mean, the, the, obvious, about... the obvious one is the, is the haunted house full of cool ghosts and special effects and not like the, the, the murderous tragedy that created all these right. ghosts. The other thing about the haunted mansion is that it's conceptually a, a bad story in the sense that it's not, it's a great ride. It's one, of, it's probably my favorite ride of all time. Yep. Uh, it's, but it's a series of vignettes. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, oh, we go through this room and there's a different story being told. And so as a, as a movie, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, where it's just like you keep falling into different fucking zany ghouls that are kind of unconnected from each other. Yeah. There's no like running story. No, there's like a number of different ghosts, I think, right? Spanning all the different years. Yeah, exactly. That's the idea. Yeah. Is that it's a very haunted mansion. And that's it. And so, like, it just doesn't, yeah, plot-wise, I don't know. And I swear to fucking Christ, Disney, stop putting the Nightmare Before Christmas on it. I swear to fucking Christ, just leave it be. <laughs> I swear to fucking Christ. But then just make, you know, I don't know. Then the movie that it's based off is Nightmare Before Christmas, I guess. I don't know. For people who don't know, they, like, reskin Haunted Mansion to make it Nightmare Before Christmas themed. I think uh, every now and then. On Halloween. On Halloween, yeah. I guess that's fine. You know what? Do whatever, Disney. You have my permission. No, it's awful. It's, it's awful. Like that I, I it? yeah, when I took uh Marina there, I was so excited to show her the haunted mansion and it was fucking right. dressed up as Nightmare Before Christmas and it really sucked. Yeah, because it's Halloween and what you want is Halloween. The, yeah. You want the haunted mansion. I don't mansion. want You're Christmas. Like, yeah, I want <laughs> like, the classic. It's a fucking, fucking... Christmas ride. <laughs> you dickheads. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I take it. I take no. Back you my are retraction. correct. It sucks. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go on a fucking Christmas ride when I go yeah. into a haunted mansion ride. The haunted mansion. It's one of the smallest hills I die on, which is like never tear it down, never change it. It's a historical. Yeah, no, don't piece you dare. It should be preserved as it's a, a historical piece of art. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of works of art, you want to talk about Gothica? Oh, man, I'd love to talk about Gothica. Is Gothica yeah. good? I don't I like it the the reviews do not like mm. it. I looked up the reviews, but I've seen this movie it's more times than I should. Yeah. Here's what it is. Is this is a little bit about a, like a puddle of water in the desert cuz this is a 2003 horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more competent than a lot of movies, horror movies coming out. It was a bleak time for time. horror. At least yeah. at least for mainstream horror. Yeah, and so I think that was part of it. It's um, Halle Berry. It's a good concept. She's a psychiatrist, and then she blacks out and wakes up, and she's been committed for killing her husband. That's a, a that's a cool idea, and she's being haunted by a ghost. Mm-hmm. And I won't spoil it, but it's. I thought it was a very cool. It's like it's it's a very like fun little ghost murder mystery, like a ghost slash murder mystery thriller is a great combo. And it's- I thought the scares looked decent in it. It's kind of like a horror noir almost. Yeah, um, it, it is. I've only seen I've seen it twice, but I, I uh, both of those times were like ten years apart, I think. Or right. So like I don't I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> I I just remember the general concept. Oh yeah. So I gotta it's watch very, Gothica again. You got you gotta watch Gothica Man. again. I 
I it's it's not. I'm I haven't watched. Watch, I'm gonna recently, watch Gothica so. tonight. Maybe Dave. Do it. I might watch do Gothica that. Gothica tonight. Do it. And let me know if it still holds up because mm-hmm. I'm not certain. It is Robert Downey Jr.'s big comeback film. He had done the Singing Detective, the remake of the Singing Detective, because of, uh, like for reasons that are pretty clear now. Mel Gibson was like pretty sympathetic to his situation, mm-hmm. um, and that was like his dipping his toe back in Hollywood. And then this was his big thing. Apparently, one of the things I learned is that he accidentally broke Halle Berry's arm on set of this. Oh yeah, I don't think there. I heard. Yeah, that. there was nothing. Yeah, it, it was. It was like a stunt gone wrong. It wasn't really his fault, but it was him who did it. You know, and that must have been a real bummer for a man who's walking on thin ice. Yeah. already in his career, breaking right now. O- the Oscar-winning star's arm. Yeah, that's, that's nice bad. work, man. It worked out for him ultimately. Yeah, that's true. This is from the director of Babylon AD. Sure is. Gothica. Penelope Cruz is barely in this. It's wild. Is she? Like like I said, I don't. I it's. uh, I don't remember the um, movie. It's it's three actors, which Robert Downey Jr. makes sense because again, he wasn't exactly popular at the time. Mm -hmm. But it's three actors that you think of as very big, and they're not like Halle Berry is mostly the person in it. Both Robert Downey Jr. and and Penelope Cruz are barely in it. They're basically just side characters. And that's weird to me. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, this director is also um, the dude from Amelie. Which dude from Amelie? The There's main, a few dudes. The main dude. The one that she's, oh. she's crushing on. The guy with all the photos and shit. Nino. Oh, good, good for him. Yeah. The dude. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's also Gothica. the director of Gothica. Yeah. <laughs> I like Gothica. I I feel like I yeah again I I don't think I could defend it as like an extremely high quality movie. It's just I remember going in and my expectations being extremely low because at this point again horror was not being kind. This dark time. It was a dark time. Yeah, and then I remember coming out of it being like that wasn't so bad. <laughs> that, that was, was okay. Actually, I yeah, always, that was actually all right. I always forget this is a dark castle movie too. Oh shit! Which was part of that uh, short-lived initiative to try to like revive all the old um, castle movies, um, like uh, right. House House on Haunted Hill and Ghost Ship, and um, what was the other one? House of Wax, I think Gothica. was one. House of Wax, yeah. Why is Gothica called Gothica? Is that the name of like the that? I I hope that's not the no. It's not the name of the the place she works. I'm, I just looked it up. I have no idea. Why would you why would you name it Gothica? It has a terrible ending. I do remember that. It tries to like tease a sequel. <laughs> and it was like, nah, why Gothica, would you set. do that? I I don't know. I don't Who know. Who sat down and was like, maybe Gothica 2? <laughs> Perhaps. Nah. Um, we don't need it. Wow, it was Dark Castle's largest scale production at the time with a $40 million budget. So they were going for it. Yeah, they had Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Yeah. She'd won the Oscar at this point, I believe. Right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. When was oh. Monsters Ball? That the was 2001. Yep, there we go. The breaking of the arm sounds bad. I mean, obviously he didn't do it on purpose, but it was a scene where he's supposed to grab and twist her around. And oh, just gosh. snapped her fucking arm. Oh, Oof. Like like fucking Jack Nicholson in The Shining, just grabbing her wrong. <laughs> Jesus. Ugh, Robert. Robert. You're not in prison Downey. anymore, man. You're not in prison anymore. Yeah. Jesus. 
Um, all right. Speaking of horror movies, do you want to get to this next one? Yeah, let's do it. Love Actually, baby. Hey, it was a joke. Yeah, I like this film. Kind of. Yeah. This <laughs> I, again, we both wrote the same thing in the notes. Like, yeah, I understand and agree with all of the valid criticisms yeah. of this film, but I still love it. It's, yeah, I can't defend this film. I, it's uh, indefensible. It's indefensible. The guy whose love story with his employee, like Jesus fucking Christ. Which one is that? Um, Alan Rickman? It's, it, no, it's, um, what's his name? Colin Firth? And his like, his like maid or something, right? Do I have that right? Right, yeah. Yeah, where he like I goes always to for, her house. I always forget about that one because that one end. is like fucked. Like I know a lot of yeah. them are fucked, but like. Yeah, fucking, um. What's his name there? Fucking oh, um, Andrew Lincoln and Kira Knightley. Andrew Lincoln, yeah, showing up at her house like Dude, a fucking man. Punch that guy in the chest, man! Call the police. Yeah, but yes, I love the, love. They should name this "Call the Police." <laughs> yeah. Well, the trailer. And what's funny is the trailer knows what it is because the trailer literally ends with a sequence of all of the guys doing the running to their house to confess love scenes. Yeah. So that even the trailer knows that it is just packed full of cliches yeah. and they know that that's like, it's like kid it's ki- catnip playing and the just hits. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's going to have all the things, you know, mm-hmm. all the fucking things you love. That's right. Bunch of guys. And then there's Liam Neeson's story, which is, <laughs> by the way, do you remember that this movie starts with a nine 11 reference? No, I didn't. <laughs> It starts with Hugh Grant talking about 9-11 uh, and about how how on 9-11, let me get the, this is this movie, right? Yeah, it is. It this is a this is a nutso fucking beginning. It opens with a voiceover showing people at an airport and about it's Hugh Grant talking about how on 9-11, uh, the thing he remembers was all of the people who got to like interconnect and make sure their loved ones were safe. Like all the people who didn't die, <laughs> who th- who is like scared and uh, like connecting. And that's how it starts. And then later in a world that recognizes nine 11 as a thing, Liam Neeson lets his son plow through TSA security to run through an airport to talk to a little girl. That kid could have been murdered and nobody <laughs> would have, no, it would have been right. No, they would have just nobody would have minded. No, I don't, it's just post nine eleven airport. Liam Neeson being like, "Yeah, just run through security and fucking." Run. I don't like, think I'm a sorry. Six year old would have. Yeah, got, maybe I not. don't think a six year old would have gotten tased. ventilated by the TSA. We were on edge. Is all I'm we were. Saying. We were. We were. <laughs> it's not they just, a good they thing just to light let that kid up do. like the White Walkers do in Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Remember when they just blow his fucking body apart? Yeah, we're like no kid from Love Actually. Yeah, it's very, very post nine eleven. The movie is my point. Yeah, while being also like hilariously like not post nine eleven at the same time. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. It is. I I love Bill uh, Nye's or Nye's story. Oh yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Yeah, as the uh, old uh, uh, rock star trying to put out a Christmas album. That storyline is so funny. Yeah, I liked how they explored these ideas. So the Laura Linney stuff, which I've I've seen people sort of criticize as well or get frustrated with, but like I do like a movie sort of exploring. And then I assume it's all interconnected, right? Ultimately, to a degree, I way. think. 
I, I, some are more than others. I can't quite remember. I've only seen it a few times. Um, they should have gone full nine eleven and revealed that they all they're all on the, the plane. Planes. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That's that's what or it like is. did a yeah remember me ending or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, someone made up graph. There's a graph of relationships between characters in Love Actually. So yeah, there's a big, complicated graph. Then there's the British guy who just wants to get laid. Also, I'm noticing oh, yeah. that Billy Bob Thornton is in this playing the president, and I totally That's forgot that. Right, I forgot about that. That's amazing. It's like a reveal too. They were like he's Iron Man. <laughs> they walking right. in there. Oh, well, shit. Movie. I guess I'm in love. Actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did that sometimes. He did. He would just pop up in movies like Sean yeah, Connery at the that? end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Exactly. Intolerable cruelty. There's a great Billy Bob in that. Tombstone, that's kind of like a, a, a reverse, a reaching back through time, Billy Bob cameo. That's true. Ah, we loved him. We loved our Billy we Bob. We do love a Billy Bob. Yeah. This is, yeah, this movie's, I don't know. Again, it's probably very embarrassing to watch now, but. It is. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen it within the last like two or three years. And yeah. The, oh, okay. All of the uh, problematic stuff is still problematic. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not, not going to change. It's not going to get less change. problematic. Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, we can't defend it, but I still like this movie. It's, it's our version of like, it's going to be a movie that newer generations won't understand why we like the movie. Oh, yeah. And there's no, there's no logical defense of a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be like, I don't know. I just like it. <laughs> that's, that's what it'll come down to. Well, I like Speaking what I things, like. Yeah. Speaking of things I can't defend, mm-hmm. Scary Movie 3 is our next trailer. And I haven't seen this in a while, and I still I remember it being funny. And watching this trailer, I'm like, that is not funny. This tra- trailer's pretty brutal. <laughs> I did funny. I did laugh at Leslie Nielsen screaming at the guy with the um trachea ring. Oh, yeah, I laugh at every Leslie yeah, Nielsen. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen moment. is just I mean, even in a, his worst movies, like Mr. McGoo. Very funny. Yeah. He's going to say at least one line that gets me. Yeah, exactly. This is David Zucker when Uh David Zucker took took over. over, Yeah. This is, I mean, we've talked about this and other things. This is from the writer, folks, of Chernobyl and The Last of Us. Just throwing that out there. Mm -hmm. Scary Movie 3, Scary Movie 4, Superhero Movie, Hangover Part 2, Hangover Part 3, Chernobyl and The Last of Us. That is what this writer has done. Yeah. So, I don't know. Let your brain See, just mull on that until within you, die you are of a two stroke. wolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also the writer of Hot Shots. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> infantile comedies and incredibly serious dramas. Yeah, I love his. Career. Those are the two his wolves. Career, his career is a, one of those careers that I always tell people to like motivate them because it's like it's never too late. Right. It's never too late. You can do anything. You really you can. can. Do anything. You really can. Yeah. Anybody. I don't know. I, I don't know how that happened. Well, I hope maybe makes... not everything. Like, I, I, I can't play that. That's never, I'm never going to play basketball. That's never going to happen. No, that's, that's fair. Well, you can play basketball, just not uh, professional. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm not going to ever be able to do like sick ass dunks and jams and stuff. Yeah. I hope, I hope he does, I hope he plays, a, does like a Brad Dorif. And, like, if another scary movie happens, I hope he writes it. Like, I hope he's like, yeah, I don't have to. 
like how Brad Dwarf does Chucky. Oh, he keeps no going back what. to do Chucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, just no, like yeah, I don't shit, need to. <laughs> I believe in this. Yeah, I just I, I believe in this project. Make... Yeah, this is this is my passion. Yep. This is the one for me. Chernobyl was for them. Brad Dorif is in David Lynch's Dune and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, he is. There's no need for him to be Chucky. But I, I honestly get it. I perfectly understand why he's Chucky and why he loves he's being Chucky. He's also Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the fucking Doctor Undead. What a career. Yeah. The Doctor Undead. It's the same with Leprechaun. It's the same fucking deal. Oh, yeah. Where Warwick Davis is like, yeah, I'm the Leprechaun. I'm the leprechaun anytime you need him. Yeah. You know, whenever you need like, me, you fucking, you press L for leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. And I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. Um, I've uh, never seen scary movie three. It's I, I, like I said, I remember it being funny, but I don't think it is. I, I, why, how could it be? How could it possibly be funny from this trailer? There's what I realized about David Zucker. And when we grew up, the thing is like, what makes David Zucker quaint um, or old David Zucker, is that I think we were children, right? And now looking at this today, a lot like he's always done topical, big quotes, topical humor, but he's always been kind of cruel. And so when you have a vivid memory of like Michael Jackson's life, you're like, eh, that joke is just kind of gross. It's that's what it feels like, or like Pamela Anderson in this, where it's like modern david zucker as an adult just feels ickier from this era because and i think part of it is he's trying to be more topical with these movies like the naked gun doesn't do that much it just no, has there's still beat a, up george bush's wife a bunch i mean there's still a a, de- a fair amount of of pop culture references and stuff for sure but it just feels again i i don't know if it's like because i was a kid i don't know if it's nostalgia but like like I don't think he's changed, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think just, I think I mean because like early aughts is like when like Perez Hilton was sort of getting popular, right? So I don't know if we were just uh, more mean with the jabs ar- around then, like with South Park style stuff of of how they treated celebrity. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my it's ass. Hard. <laughs> I know that Anna Ferris and Regina Hall both fucking kill it in every single one of these that they're in. Um, so there's something to that. I don't know. It, it's slapstick humor is tough. I think it comes and goes. I think it wasn't. Oh yeah. No, you, I was, I was commenting know. on, on you commenting on how this one oh, feels yeah. meaner. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it, it just feels, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I I guess I'd have to watch this again in in the dark alone because I'm certainly not watching it with anybody else. <laughs> not, I'm certainly not watching it in public. Watch. Yeah. I yeah, I remember I remember this in 4 and 5 not being terrible. I mean, again, they're all they're all kind of terrible. Um the way all slapstick is kind of terrible. I only saw the first one of these. Oh, okay. Yeah. Second was... one's fine. I've seen I've seen parts of the the, the second one, but um, I haven't I haven't seen the full movie. They obviously spawned not just the sequels, but a lot of darkness. Right, um, like with superhero know, of, movie and epic movie, yeah. and does that all of this are awful? Yeah, they're they're obviously made off of some calculation yeah. of like if we make it with this budget, we can make this much back. Yeah, and people, it doesn't matter. And 
Yeah, we sure. get affordable people like Charlie Sheen in there. We're good to go. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Bill I don't. Bill Pullman was in one of these. He might be. This feels like a Bill Pullman. This feels like Bill Pullman territory. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure George Carlin is in this. Let's talk about the next Which, trailer. All right. All right. Uh, oh yeah, Master and Commander, <laughs> the far side of the world, baby. Yeah. Mm. I watched this recently. I know you did on Inside yeah. Dads. That's true. Go check it out on Small Beans. Yeah, this is Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany uh, playing two competing daddies uh, aboard a ship. On an old ship. It is, an old timey ship. Yeah, it is a baffling movie as far as I'm concerned. Oh, man. <laughs> I loved this movie when I saw it. Damn right. I thought this movie was a sweeping epic. Oh, yeah. It is. If you don't remember it, as I wrote in the notes, I might be one of the only people alive who remembers this movie currently <laughs> because I just watched it. Because, But it's about Russell Crowe being a master and or commander on the far side of the world. It's based off a book series. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is insisting on chasing another enemy ship. And everybody is telling him to stop. Uh, and spoilers, in the end, he's right. And that's it. Yep, that's, that's the pretty movie. much the movie. And that's why it's such a dad movie, because it's the equivalent of being like, we're going to get to Wally World. Like, that's it. It's it's that it's this dad being like, we're going to do this thing. Yeah. And then he ends up being right. And that's and that's it. <laughs> yep. It's, it is. It it's is so an, funny. It is an arch dad movie. Yeah. There's no there's no question. Like you, you assume there will be a great downfall. There'll be an Ahab moment. And no, there isn't. Not at all. Nope. It's just he's Captain Lucky Jack and all the crew is just like so much of this trailer is the crew beaming over how awesome Lucky Jack is. Yeah. And you watch the movie and you finish it and you go, wait, why did I watch that? What was the point of that? <laughs> what was the fucking point of that? Yeah. What a film. Fucking master what a film. I, I have nothing else to say for it, about it because I said a lot about it in a previous podcast. Paul Bettany just wanted have... to draw some birds, man. That's all That's he wanted. That's all he wanted That's to all do. He, wanted to science do. Dad. he just wanted to be science for a few days. And then he ends up getting shot by one of his own fucking friends I, I, who's yeah, trying right. to shoot a bird. Like the, I remember the crew being a real disaster. Like They're just full yeah. of a bunch of superstitious idiots who keep maiming each other. They drive one what kid it, to kill himself. I was about to say, this movie burns through kids. It sure burns does. through kids. Yeah. It's great. It's this Russell Crowe. He might as well be using them for fuel, just throwing kids He's into the fire. Using them as, as oars. Yeah. Just fucking massacring like young, nervous, like sailor kids. Yeah. It's, it's who amazing. trust him. Who trust him implicitly. Who trust him and are terrified and they should be. Yeah. This is a horror It's a movie. nightmare existence. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of a nightmare existence, <laughs> the cat in the hat. Holy, I forgot this movie existed. Is he doing like a New York accent? Sometimes. Like, I was going to okay. ask you about that. This is Mike Myers' Cat in the Hat movie, which I guess they made off of the success of the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Yes. I heard that the uh, Dr. Seuss family after this stopped optioning out stuff. Like, this is what did it. They were like, we're done. We're oh, yeah. done for a while. Yeah, this movie's ghastly. <laughs> um, but his, it, his, I've never seen it, but it's a fucking nightmare. I've watched it. Yeah. 
Um, he's uh, he's doing his voice like goes between New York and then just like regular Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, he's got like he feels very Pennywisey to me. Well, it doesn't feel like a character, and I remember that was a problem with the movie. Um, what I do remember of it is it never right like the Grinch is a more realized character in in the zeitgeist. I guess yeah, like he, everybody kind of knows who he is and kind of what he's about. Well, like the, what's you, meanwhile, like tell me one thing about the cat in the hat. Like what's a character trait of the cat in the hat? Yeah, he's zany. He's zany. Is he though? And he has a hat. Is he zany? I think so. Here's here's actually the issue, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't read the book in a while, but the Grinch has a very clear character arc, right? His heart literally changes size. Um, yeah. He, he, he gains this appreciation and of he Christmas, saves Christmas. et cetera. He saves Christmas. The Cat in the Hat, I don't think anybody has an arc. He shows up, he fucks up their house, and then I think they clean up before the parents get home. He cleans it, it up with like a magic machine or some shit, I think. Right, and at no point does he ever have like is there ever like a problem? <laughs> like, it's just like this zany asshole. Well, he comes like, in it feels he... like the kids might've died and they're in hell. Like, yeah, he just their, fucks their up hearts the are being weighed for their yeah. final judgment. No, he comes, yeah, exactly. he comes in and it's like, here, we'll, I'll show you some fun games. And every, each one of his games is like escalating chaos. And the fish is like, please don't do this. Right. Yeah. The, the, fish the fish is like the babysitter. Yeah. And so, like, that's not really a story. It's a fine children's book. You know, I love Dr. Seuss. I love watching or looking at his books and looking at the fun little fucking drawings and all the weird messages and all that and mm -hmm. the Lorax. I loved that Lorax cartoon as a kid. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. But, like, Cat in the Hat was actually one of my least favorite, and I think this is why, because it's just, like, there's not much. Well, it's not really there. anything. It's just kind of like a, like a Bugs Bunny episode almost, but cat in the hat's not bugs bunny so it's that's what i i'm trying to that's a, yeah I, I'm, it's an idea i'm circling that i can't quite get at but it's like there's not really um a thing for mike myers to latch on to so he sort of had to invent what the cat in the hat is um and he didn't do it <laughs> like it's not a this is not a character it's not a character he's just kind of like yeah. a weird voice that he can't even decide on and he's wearing this awful costume that doesn't look good um yeah it just looks it's like a it just fucking nightmare. looks like a really cheap costume it does it again it, it, i can't stress how much this looks like literal hell like yeah. it's just it's it's like not it's it's uncanny valley right like everything that's definitely about part it, of it yeah it's, it's it, yeah, yeah his face yeah, and honestly, everybody's fucking face because everybody's like lit with like oh yeah, it's, it's that it's super it's that, heightened like, cartoon reality. Yeah, yeah, like the Flintstones or anything like that, or mm -hmm. honestly, like Barbie. But the problem is, is that like those movies figured out how to do that right. Um, this did not. I know what it was going for. Like I see what it thought it was going to be. Yeah, and that is a successful model. It just didn't work, and it's terrifying. And I hate it. And we should watch it on a Friday night. <laughs> we absolutely should. We should subject everyone to this movie. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, what? I haven't seen this brother bear. Our next trailer. Th this looks like to me, like a less fucked up Don Bluth. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I guess the, the moose, which are, are delightful, feel a little silly, too silly for Don Bluth, I guess. Not that Don Bluth is, he's, he's still silly, but I, I never seen this. It looks chill. Yeah, I haven't seen this either. Um, it looks fine. 
you blew my mind in the notes by oh, pointing yeah. out that this the bear is, like, is Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, the, the main character is Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. That's fucking nuts. And uh, it's, I believe, Rick Moranis' last film role. It's him and Dave Thomas playing the two moose in the movie, and they're doing their characters from Strange Brew. Right. Yes, yes. Of course they are. Yeah, that bit at the end, that bit at the end genuinely made me laugh like de- yeah. decently. Where he's it's like, strange, where, strange moose. Yeah, strange moose. Well, the Dave Thomas moose is like, hey, if you only see one movie this year, it should be Brother Bear. And then Rick Moranis moves like, well, if they're kind of late for this group, huh? If they're only going to see one movie this year because they got one starting in like two minutes from now. Yeah, it was great. Like, genuinely made me laugh. I want to watch Brother Bear. It looks it looks <laughs> yeah. adorable. He's a little bear. No, the premise is, is he kills a bear, uh, like uh, needlessly, unnecessarily. So the bear kills another. No, bear? no, no. Joaquin Phoenix is a man, uh, oh. and he he kills a bear unnecessarily. So like the forest spirits transform him into a bear. Oh, so that, that's why that's he's freaked awesome. out at like understanding the chipmunks and stuff. It's right? Like, why are you he talking? Says, I'm, yeah. I'm not a bear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good punishment. But it is Turn fucking a bear. wild to hear Joaquin Phoenix's voice coming out of an animated bear, yeah. bear in a Disney movie. I hope it's I hope it's like a Twilight Zone where he then gets murdered. Like that feels like a Twilight Zone episode. Is like you murder a bear and then you mm-hmm. turn into a you, bear. Then and you, get now you are a bear. Yeah, now you are a bear. Um, okay, I got nothing else there. Let's talk about um, Elf. Yeah, let's do it. Will elf, Ferrell's Elf. Movie. Yeah, the movie. The my number, the number two movie of November two thousand three. Yeah, right. Isn't it that how really you? Is. Isn't that how you've grouped of this these? month? Yeah, not the week, not by week, but the entire of November two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. It. Um. I mean, I like Elf. Do you like Elf? Yeah. Yeah. Elf's fine. <laughs> the trailer. The, tra- like... the, the trailer's good. Like it's a good trailer. Um. It's it's a good movie. Yeah. I, I like Elf. Fine. It's not one that I watch though. I've only seen it like two or three times. It's not one of the ones that I re revisit each each Christmas. Right. Like I said, my sister tries, and we we always kind of turned her down. And now she has kids who are also turning her down. So the tradition persists of my sister trying to watch Elf, and everybody going, "Nah, we're good. Yeah, we don't. We can skip again, Elf nothing, this year. Nothing against nothing Elf. Against Elf. Elf. It's Elf. a good movie. I like seeing James Caan in a family movie." Yeah, me too. It's terrifying, but I love seeing it. Yeah. I feel like at any point, he's just going to murder Will he's Ferrell. He's going to start beating Will Ferrell to death. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, no one would bat an eye. Nope. Elf. Elf. All right. I'm I'm fine moving to the final one. Oh, man, this is a big one. This is a big one. This is a the Matrix. big one. The Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> Not to be confused with what whatever the fuck that new one was. Which, man, that one left my fucking memory. I genuinely can't remember what it was called. Um, um, Resurrection. Resurrection, there it is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've said this, I'm sure. I like this movie. I like the Matrix sequels. I really I like don't. Um... No, most people don't. I understand this. If, if we were still doing Best Bad Movie, I would, I would bring this. <laughs> Argue the, for um... the Matrix Revolutions. Yeah, because all right, here's, here's what I have to say. One... I like the ending. I like spoilers that it ends on a truce. I think that was a the least that was the one thing no one would expect is that it would end on a truce. Oh yeah, that was one I was going to say I can say positive things about the Matrix Revolutions. I don't think anyone predicted right. that this is how the trilogy would end. Right. I like that it was like an epic war film 
and not in the Matrix anymore. And I understood that because they had kind of done the Wachowskis, you know, they they had no intention of making something after the first Matrix or making sequels. And then they were asked to. And this is like, I thought this is a good compromise where the second one, they're like, all right, let's do some stuff. Right. In the Matrix. Blow it up but, in, the, in, in the, in the second one, do as yep. everything we can with this technology, with it, infinite money. And then, yeah, yep. the third one is almost completely out of the matrix. Yeah. We'll go into lore. We do a lot of lore. So stuff. So much video lore. Games, and <laughs> matrix. We'll, we'll really nerd out for the nerds. And I had a friend who was a big matrix nerd and like, I, I saw that friend really appreciate all this fucking lore and this in this bullshit and like you know like it was really fun bullshit and i get it for casual audiences you'd be like where the fuck is the matrix and this third one but like i liked it i liked that it it upped the stakes because how do you up the stakes in a movie where you're in a digital world you leave that digital world and have fights in the real world it's like true, that's yeah. how you yeah so like i don't know where else they were supposed to do with the matrix um that's but fair i i I recognize that more now than I did when I saw the movie. I still don't like yeah. the sequels. Um, they're too long. They're too long, objectively. They so. are objectively too long. Um, I think the lore is... I don't really care. Like, it's cool. I, I, it's a neat idea. I like the idea of it. Um, and I like that it ends in a truce. Uh, but really, it's just the first Matrix. That's. It's oh, kind yeah. of, I have and the same I relationship have... with the Matrix almost as I do with like the Jaws movies, where it's like, well, it's right. the first movie, and then... Everything after it is just kind of like candy, but I don't really right, exactly. consider them. <laughs> like, and I don't think the Wachowskis again. I don't think they were necessarily wanting to make sequels anyway. Yeah, but I yeah I think certainly I think not the newest one. Yeah, I think it definitely could have been tighter, and that there's a lot of deviations of the plot. There's a lot of like, let's chase the conductor guy who's runs the train program. There's a lot of shit where it's like, eh, condense, 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 condense. These should have been, you know, an hour, 45 minute movies. And I think they're like two and a half hours, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and so like, and, and you can feel it because like I'm saying, there isn't like, unlike some other movies, there's like stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, you definitely didn't need that stuff. No, this is two hours and nine minutes. Still, I would shave off 15 minutes. The, uh, really the, would. the second one's longer, I remember. Yeah, I, I, that doesn't surprise me and like this one i actually my weird criticism is i think they should have spent less less time in the matrix for revolutions because they do they do a little bit and it felt obligatory um yeah. so yeah i, I was so excited i think that's right i remember i sat in I, I i don't remember you being excited i remember being excited myself i remember sitting in traffic for like two hours uh, to get oh, to yeah. the, to get to the movie theater to do the uh, midnight showing of this. Oh yeah, I was balls deep yep. in it to win it. Yep. Yeah, yeah man. My whole friend Thanks. group was like all all geeking out about the Matrix. I was oh, the yeah. I was the least into it. Like I said, because I I didn't werewolves. like the second one. Yeah, they but do. They, explain they do werewolves, explain Tom. werewolves and ghosts. Werewolves and ghosts. Yeah, and aliens and aliens. It's all. I love it. The, I love it. The Wachowskis cannot resist doing that. <laughs> They love it. They love doing it. Oh, um, the Matrix. Yeah. And that's it for the New trailers. Story? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's thank some more producers then. Let's do it. 
big old thank you to Deborah is awesome. Barbara is great and cancer can go to hell. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you to Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Thank you. Thank you to Driftless says, long live the new flesh. Thank you. Thank you to E.T., the extravagant terrestrial. Thank you. Thank you to Exploding Rune. Thank you so much. Thank you to Funky J, mostly comes out at night. Mostly. Thank you. Thank you to Heathcliff's Helping Handfuls. Thank you. Thank you to ImpossibleWorlds.net. Issue three is out now. Gorge yourself on our fiction, Gorge. Gorge. Thank you to Chris Shanovich. Thank you. Thank you to Look Mom on a podcast. Well, look at you. All right, let me swoop mm. in here. Thank you to Mabel. Step on me. Step, Step on me. Step on me. Thank you to Mackenzie. Fuck shuffling with one of the foes. Confusingly large dick. Chill. Thank you. Thank you to Mercurial Oz. Thank, Thank you. you to Mike the Lurker. Thank you. Thank you to Mongolian throat skanking. Ooh. Thank you to Mr. Tell Your Wife how many Patreon subscriptions you have before you agree to buy a house. Thank you. Thank you to musical guest Rob Ritchie. Thank you. Thank you to No One Can Hear You Scream in Space McNulty. Thank you. Thank you to Norm from Cheers. Thank you. Thank you to Pete Vorpagel. Thank you. So the strike's still oh, going on. That's it. Yeah, strike's still going on. No yeah, news on no that real, right No now. real update on that, at least not as, but, as of this recording. Yes. Um, but there is something that obviously we have to talk about. Everybody fucking tweeted at me about this. Um, fucking, um, what's her name? Micah? Micah, Micah Monroe, Monroe and David Robert and Mitchell. And David Robert Mitchell are reuniting for They Follow a sequel to it follows um i think that's in early fucking stages because they have a poster but that's it um yeah this is as good as this scenario gets for me yeah um i don't i don't think it follows needs a sequel i also no. don't think it needs not a sequel if that makes sense um yeah i'm i, I i'm i would normally be not really have any um positive outlook on it were but the fact that the original writer director is doing it it's like well maybe it'll be something uh i'm a interesting. big fan of yeah i'm a big fan it follows for people who don't know is my favorite horror movie of probably the last 20 years it's up uh, there for me as well for sure yeah um and david robert mitchell i really liked under the silver lake me too yeah i get the vibe that he doesn't have that many offers which is a shame. Um, there, I know he was doing something or is doing something with Anne Hathaway. Um, and that's still a go. I want for him, for him to keep making like horror specifically, but I, I want him to just spread his wings, make some more movies. And it seems like maybe his last two movies didn't make enough money for him to have a lot of offers. I don't know. So I'm I'm scared that he's going back to this because he didn't have many other options, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know that that said it is again, like you said, the best version of this, they were probably going to make it with or without him. And honestly, the, the sequel being called they follow, I'm like, yep, that is what you do with it. Yeah. The first one was one escalated. Thing. Yep. Now you have multiple things. Alien. Nope. Aliens. Aliens. You see that poster. You're like, Oh shit. Yep. And how many is it know. two? I don't know. To and, and and on that, I really hope he goes Gremlins two with it, or honestly goes Aliens with it, and just says fuck it, I'm making an action movie. Oh man, that would be wild. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I hope 
I l- really like this director. Um, I hope he it says bizarre and crazy as Under the Silver Lake. <laughs> yeah, I want him to be nihilist about it. And yeah. I know this is bad for his career. It's great for my enjoyment where it's like, I want him to fucking just go nuts with this and do something just out of control. Um, because he already told the story, I assume he wanted to tell. Maybe I don't know. Maybe when he made It Follows, he was like, and I have an amazing idea for the sequel. Maybe that is true, you know? It could be. Maybe there know. was, yeah. But we saw him. We we saw him speak, and he didn't seem to indicate that. Um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, at the arc light, which was a delight. I wish I, like, I think we had just watched the movie. We had. We didn't or, know it was one of those sort yeah, of they just uh, showings. That we didn't, on us. Yeah, we didn't realize he was going to come up on stage and do a Q&A yeah. at the end. We stumbled into it. Mm-hmm. We went and saw It Follows, and they're like, and now here's the director. And at the time, that wasn't a big deal. And now right, I'm just yeah. like, I wish I remembered that more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is all to say, I'm, I'm, I'm supportive. I'm excited. I am like, yeah, fuck it. Again, this is the best way to make a sequel to this. And if it's, uh, if anything, it's going to be another awesome soundtrack for me to listen to while I'm working. So there's that. <laughs> that soundtrack does go pretty hard. Oh yeah, I listen to it all the fucking time. It's a pretty sweet it soundtrack. Is, yeah, it's so good. Um, other news coming out of Marvel, which is that turmoil, right? They seem to not know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Uh, there's all these rumors around the fucking Blade movie and all the drafts, and then of course there was a a, a rumor. This is Variety that um. They were floating the idea of bringing back all the original Inven- Avengers, including the dead ones. And uh, yep. why not? They were always yeah. going to do it. This is the thing. It's it's it feels so obvious to me. And it feels like they, they did. They, it was the hubris, right? Where they like did Endgame and they're like, and this will never end. People will keep loving us. Anyway, we're retiring all the characters everybody loved, but they love us. We're Marvel. And, like, had they immediately, like, teased X-Men at the end of Endgame, I think they would still be on top. I mean, they're still making a butt-ton of money. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But, like, what they really should have done, in my opinion, is said, Endgame, that's the end of this universe. Period. We're done. Stay tuned for an X-Men universe. Totally unrelated, right? Like, that's what they should have done, in my opinion. And they'd be making all the money they do dark phoenix again you know but i i think it was also tied up legally maybe i'm not sure they couldn't do that that's what should have happened but instead they they seem to be floundering and now they're like i don't know bring back the dead avengers and like (sighs) (laughs) that's not the answer right probably not uh it's it's yeah that's all comes from this variety article that came out this week that's a pretty uh surprisingly candid like state of the union for marvel right now and it's right between all that stuff that you mentioned the fact that jonathan majors is in uh, they right. might be being replaced like they they've had talks about like possibly recasting him or even just abandoning kang as a character and putting in like doctor doom or something right the the stuff with the the obviously all the strikes and then the VFX artists going on strike where they had two movies premiere well a TV show they did a a a, a live like theatrical premiere of like the first two episodes of She-Hulk um right. where 
the special effects were out of focus because they had been rushed to be finished like that week or possibly even that right. day. And the same thing happened for the world premiere of Quantumania where the effect, some of the effects were out of focus. It's, it's, so it's, anybody... it's like that was the beginning of 2023 for Marvel. So it's just been like a lot of this stuff coming to a head. So if anybody at Disney is listening, number one, <laughs> stop changing the haunted mansion. That's number yeah. one. Take number two, all the nightmare before Christmas shit. I swear down. to Christ. Number two, just stop. Just stop. Like d- d- just, you need to end your series. They need to end because otherwise they just fade out mm-hmm. and they fade out very embarrassingly. They fizzle just, out. You made the ending. It was called Endgame. It was literally called Endgame. End, you end it. End the thing. And then you can even just keep, you could keep making Marvel stuff. I, I personally, I'm, I'm kind of sick of it, but you probably could. It, it's, it's really bad when like movie series become their own little economies. Yeah. It's kind of the same with video games, right? It's like video games, they hire a bunch of people and then they're like, we don't want to fire everybody when the game's done. So let's just keep like stretching it out like destiny too and shit like that. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's like you, they have to understand that it's like, it's, it was done. It was done. The story was done. Mm -hmm. You know, Voldemort was dead. Um, Don't make fantastic beasts. I'm pecking you. Uh, But they, yeah. And so like, they could have just switched to a new universe, done X-Men, done something else because they had that, ability but yeah instead we get this shit and it's boy is it fucking <laughs> it's been a real dog shit year it really for marvel has. and it's like it's not gonna get better if they did bring back robert downey jr and scarlett johansson that would basically just that would take away the the last bit of stakes that their movies had right yeah like that was the closest they had to having stakes is killing a few characters um mm-hmm. and it was like good and they've brought back so many other dead characters. Don't, it's like, stop it. Just fucking end your stories. Uh, for the love of Christ. Yeah. Ugh. Recast Robert Downey Jr. in a different role. In an X-Men thing. Make him Professor X. <laughs> that I mean, that sounds wild. terrible. Yeah, but do it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Make him Professor X whom fucks. Yeah, exactly. Sar- sarcastic Professor X. Mm-hmm. It would be just terrible. But like I, I was talking to Cody about this and he he put it really well. It's like what's gonna happen is Deadpool is going to bring everybody, right? They're gonna get as many people, they're gonna get like fucking the human torch fucking Chris Evans. They're gonna ironically bring back all the people mm-hmm. and then they're gonna do this big multiverse thing, and then that's gonna get shoved into the Marvel movies and nothing will ha- matter, right? Hugh Jackman will be back for ten more films. Sure, why not? Like they they'll just fucking that's what I think they're gonna use Deadpool to just like pile on that nihilism. Sweet. And just go like fuck Yep. It. Smoke the whole pack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Uh, should we thank some more producers let's do it <laughs> big old thank you to numino ultra microscopic silicone volcano coniosis anti-disestablishment terrorism jones thank, thank you. you uh thank you to buy tiktok superstar jason pargin's new book zoe is too drunk for this dystopia out now wherever books are sold thank you that isn't jason uh thank you to pumpkin ed <laughs> thank you Thank you to RevMD. Thank you so much. Thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Thank you. Thank you to Rosemary's Baby from Eraserhead. Thank you. 
Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. Thank you. Thank you to Sorry Cop, world's most laughable centrist. Thank you. Thank you to Steven. Thank you so much. Thank you to Jay the Crow says, it's my birthday month. Give your local Corvids a shiny rock. Absolutely. Will Thank do. You. There's a number in my yard. Hmm. Thank you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every baby's head. Kaboom. All right, let me sweep in here. Thank you to the Midnight Patron with patrons at midnight. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to the Oatmeal Savage. Thank, Thank you to the producer you. formerly known as the ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to the 2B Terror Bunny says support workers. A. David Zaslav. Yes. Thank you to these seven Bs. Thank you. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Thank you. Thank you, you to Tip Drizzle. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Tux. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Vincent. Thank, Thank you. you to Why Don't You Take a Flying Fuck at the Moon. Thank you. Thank you to your mom. Thank you. And thank you to Zzz, because Pie Guy liked being last. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Dave. Thank you. We were supposed to have a third person here who was going to be delighted with your selection of (laughs) movies that deserve more hype. But since that person is not here, I'm going to pretend to be surprised when I ask. Dave, do you have a movie that deserves more hype? Ah, you know what? I do. <gasps> what luck? I really do. This I'm so glad I asked. You. you know what? I'm so glad. it's You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It's true. It's yeah. true. Also, for the record, I don't know if our guest actually would have liked this movie. It <laughs> just seemed like their vibe. <laughs> uh, it I does. I, it I, does. I, I don't know. I, um, this movie is called Dolly! exclamation point yep that is what it's called i am not seven emphasizing it seven a's exactly seven i made sure to count um it's from the director of rubber folks of course and it is is, and it's a movie about salvador dolly in the style of a salvador dolly like project or art so that's what we're dealing with um salvador dolly is played by multiple actors um the it's it's got like a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes with the limited you know um reviews it has so far it's coming out november in france there's no word of when it will be coming out here i assume by the end of the year um it is it be so it's about a uh journalist who has to interview salvador dali the opening sequence is apparently him just trying to get to the interview and the hallway in the hotel won't end uh, so that's what we're dealing with. Um, it is, it is like the whole the whole movie is apparently like this, um, <laughs> like, like the the review here says um, a story should have a beginning, a middle, and an end, but not necessarily in that order. Said Godard, but Dolly does him one better by having maybe three beginnings, six middles, and four or five endings. None of them coming where they're supposed to but all of them landing in the right place. So yeah, it sounds batshit. It also sounds like he's kind of taking the piss out of Dolly and by extension himself by like the portrayal of Salvador Dolly is like kind of an egotist. And like, he's like, he's his art. It sounds like his art's less important than his personality. Right. So like he keeps insisting, like he leaves the interview because there's no cameras and he wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves the interview again because there's not enough cameras. And it's like it's a, just about the ego of a surrealist artist <laughs> of how it's kind of like, hey, look at me, you know, which is true. And, yeah. and it's also I'd say like it's true for a lot of loud artists. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean they're not good. It's just yeah, that's 
you know, Tarantino's the same way, but again, that doesn't take away from his art. Um, and so it, and, and this director very much the same way. So like, it's, it does feel like he's doing it in a way that's not like, look at this amazing genius. It's more of just like, look at this asshole. Yeah, like this dipshit. That's the vibe yeah. I got from the, the trailer is incredible. It's, yes, the trailer is incredible. It's, yeah, it is as surreal as you would expect. It's, man, uh, just watch it. Yeah. I haven't seen any of this guy's movies. Like, I haven't seen Rubber. I didn't watch um, Deerskin, I think it's the other one, right? It's it's He's very divisive because his stuff is very, like, Rubber is is like it has vibes of like art student in it where it's like you can't you don't quite know it first like there's there's this whole idea this meta commentary in rubber that i honestly i like rubber but i don't know if this worked where like there's a bunch of it keeps cutting to basically a chorus like these people watching from afar and they're like observing of what this story could mean so it's like this very meta commentary i'm an artist stuff but like Again, as this film indicates, I think he knows too. Um, so his stuff is very like fucking zany and very meta and very weird and very loud. And so like, you know, it's it's fucking cilantro. Some people don't react to that. And I won't don't blame them, you know. But I enjoy. I enjoy his work when I catch it. Yeah, it's um I, I'm actually way behind in his stuff. So I don't know, maybe he changed but like this trailer on its own, I'm just like, yeah, this looks like the right amount of bonkers <laughs> that I have to see it. It does look pretty wild. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. It looks real fucking weird. I need, I need, I need to watch some of this uh, filmmakers movies for sure. I've, yeah, I've heard so many different things about rubber. I need to just finally sit down and watch it. You should, you should. It's, it's, it's only an hour 20. Um, and yeah, it's just about a rubber, a rubber tire that can kill people with its mind. Yeah. The sentient tire, sure, which is great. It it doesn't make for a very compelling story, which is why it's only an hour twenty. Like if we had to do a we just watch about it, I don't know how much we'd have to say. It's like one of those where there, I from what I recall, a lot of it's just like, yep, this tire sure is rolling around. <laughs> um, but it's fun. Word. Yeah. So yeah, check that out, folks. If you're into if you're into this director, whose name is Quentin do some french do some french quentin french yeah he's very french director of rubber <laughs> yeah sweet um well i think that's a so dave we've done it it sure is Woo! Woo. thank you to our guest uh and thank you to us yeah uh, do we want to do we want to plug thank stuff? you to we do. me yeah yeah dave tell him some words um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-Y, unemployed. We watch movies every Friday night with our patrons, um, but for $5 a month, you get access to our exclusive pa our podcast, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, those are all available on there for just $5 a month. And then we have other tiers such as producer, you know, Hypecast producer and podcast producer and, and and movie watching and all that very fun we, you love us we're great <laughs> uh we also have a store head over to gamefitemployed.com you can find a link to our teespring store we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts mugs stickers posters all sorts of things so slap your little dolly peepers onto that 
Yeah, you fucking honkies, do mm-hmm. it. All right. Mm-mm-mm. Delicious. Delish, Dave. Yeah, These, delish. Mm, the best trailers 2003 had to offer. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> the cat in the hat. The cat in the hat was uh, on there. cat in the hat. Radio, Tom. Radio. <laughs> radio. Number 10 in the box office. Yeah, radio. That's too high. It's too that's high. too high. Too yeah. many people went to see radio. Yeah, too many. They should be ashamed of themselves. Absolutely. I worked in a movie theater. I could see it for free. Didn't see it. You made the right decision. Yeah, I did. Bye. Bye. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our channel artwork is produced by Michael Vincent Bramley. You can find more of his artwork at instagram.com slash mvbramleyart. Our episode artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.